Welcome to the Torah Birthing Podcast. Hey, my name is Batya Khan. I'm a Rabbitson, doula, and childbirth educator. My mission is to help women have the best transition into motherhood that you could possibly wish for. So you could fulfill your tafkid with support and recognize the power that you have. The Torah is the guidebook for our lives. It's the best mindset work that you could possibly do. Are you familiar with it? It's important to know. It's important to learn. So let's do this. Honestly, this podcast is going in a different direction than I originally planned for it to go. And I specifically like to encourage and talk about how motherhood is a Vodas Hashem. And what we are doing is actually huge and massive. And I want to be here to support that. And motherhood, it starts way, way before birth. So I'm going to keep saying it because it's a challenge and we can do it. This story that I want to share this week is very personal. But I want to have this discussion for several reasons. The first reason is that this story is the reason why I'm from. I'm personally not just going through the motions. I'm really living my life to the fullest. That doesn't mean that every day is all flowers and sun- sunshine and roses. But I'm doing what I do for a reason. And I feel like we each should have a reason or several reasons why we're doing what we're doing. Not just doing it because that's what we always did. The second reason is that this story is about the mitzvah of Kibbutz of Aim. And it's something that connects to our lives as children and as parents, too. We have a lot of cool stuff to learn about this. And we're going to chat about how cool it is to be a parent. Because it's a mind-blowing. I first tried to give over this story as a class in seminary. And I probably did a bad job about it. Because I honestly didn't know what I was talking about fully. And I didn't have a mother's perspective on this. But the rabbi who was teaching really made me feel invalidated. And the point had no substance to it. And he said that nobody thinks this way. No one has this question. And I felt very, very alone. And it was very hard for me. This story is very important to me, and I think that everyone has a story too. And we never know what someone else's story is. So I always love to encourage validation and seeing other people positively, building each other up and not tearing each other down. Why is someone saying this? Can we ask the question why? Not really people think this way. I don't think people think this way. Uh, it's a very important question. It's a very important story to me. So I would love to hear your thoughts. And I put my contact information in the show notes for Instagram, for email. I really want to hear what you have to say. I really want to hear what you think. But let's all make a pact to be kind to each other. And this is something that is very, very important and very deep for me. So here's the deal. I was a very interesting teenager. I looked like a typical uh, from girl on the outside and like even sometimes very goody two-shoes. And I'm not really sure how to put it into words, but like 
I was very goody goody. And inside all that, though, I had all these questions and I was always looking and trying to learn and asking questions and never taking anything at face value. So I could pinpoint right away if you were somebody who I felt like I could talk to and I felt like I could ask questions. But I still asked a lot of questions of the wrong people for sure. And that's why I always encouraged as a teacher in high school girls and adults too we all should keep asking questions if we have the questions we should keep asking them we should look and find the answers because you can't find the answers everybody has different answers that work for them but the answers for me ended up coming from really close to home because my father had all of the patience for me and I'm so thankful for this one of the times I got really fired up about something unique I was very upset when my father was talking about the mitzvah of Kibbutz of Aim one day on Shabbos at the Shabbos table. It's this week's Parsha, so it's very timely. But I really didn't understand why Hashem was telling us to do it. Because from my perspective, I was not depressed. I was not suicidal. But I was really annoyed and frustrated. And life was very hard. And being a teenager was not a walk in the park for me. I don't think it is for anyone. It's all the hormones. It's all the new changes. It's all the new things that are happening. I was 17. I was right in the thick of it. And I just never asked to be born. I was not interested in being there. It's, it's a whole topic on its own to talk about what the purpose of us being here is. But my parents were the ones who decided to have me. They were super selfish and they put me into this difficult situation. So why am I commanded to honor them? What kind of mitzvah is this? There was a guy in India, by the way, who sued his parents because he was born. (laughs) So that was the kind of energy I had as a teenager. And honestly, though, it's a fair question to explore. Maybe not taking your parents as far as to court, but... It's a good question for a teenager to have and to ask. It's a good question for an adult to have and to ask. No question is too stupid or too small. So I also told my father, I'm never going to have any kids because I do not want to intentionally cause pain to other humans. I don't see a point. You're just causing suffering for your own selfish reason. And why are you doing this to me? My father effectively listened to me and he asked me, okay, so do you want to complain about it or do you want to learn something? It wasn't in those words, but that was the kind of vibe that I felt. I felt like I was understood and I felt like I had a place to talk. Sometimes we're just looking to vent and feel heard and not to get an answer. And sometimes the answer is the thing that makes us feel most heard because this answer changed my life and it was a process to understand it so we'll go through the different levels sometimes we think and we're taught as kids that the reason we honor our parents we have so many kids songs about this is because they do so much for us and they sacrifice so much but that's not the real reason well that's not the only reason i should say usually my favorite Mephoresh is the kliakar But this idea is from the Ramban, and it's my favorite explanation of all time. So I'm in Perik Chaf, 
Pasuk Yud Gimel, in Sefer Shemos, Parshas Yisra, obviously. Vehine, Aseres Hadibros, Chamisha Bechvod Habore, Vechamisha Latovas Adam. The Aseres Hadibros were written on two separate luchos, and five are for the honor of Hashem, and five are for the good of the person. Now, it seems really strange, because let's look at the Aseres Hadibros. The first one is, I am Hashem. The second one is, don't have any other gods. The third one is, don't use Hashem's name in vain. The fourth one is Shabbos. And the fifth one is, honor your father and mother. So the Ramban is saying that those five are between Hashem and a person, being Adam Lamakum. And the other five, don't murder, don't commit adultery, don't steal, don't bear false witness, and don't be jealous, that's obviously between people and between each other, Bain Adam Lachavero. But the first five, he says, are Bain Adam Lamako, between Hashem and us. So I can understand that Hashem is Hashem, right? That's that's between me and Hashem. I can understand don't have any other gods. That's between me and Hashem. I can understand don't use Hashem's name in vain. Again, between me and Hashem. Shabbos also but honor your father and mother? My parents are humans. So what is the deal here? We'll get to the question in a minute, but let's continue on with the Ramban because he's about to answer us. Honoring parents is honoring Hashem. Because to honor Hashem, Hashem commanded us to honor our father and mother that are partnering in creation. And we have five other ones that are for between us and other people, for our good and for our personal needs. So it's a really tricky thing to say that there's a partnership with Hashem. But the Gemara in Kedushin specifically says this, okay? Three partners are in creation of a person. The Ramban specifically refers to this Gemara and says that the parents are a part of the child's creation. The mother is included, obviously, but the father is the less obvious part, so that's why it says that. Kibarava aim is Bain Adam Lamakum. And there are the three partners in creation of a person, as we said Hashem, the mother, and the father. So basically, honoring parents is honoring Hashem. Now, let's talk about a very important question here because what is a partnership with Hashem? That doesn't seem right. The Rambam, this time, Rambam, this time, writes about the dangers of partnership with Hashem in Hilchas Avadzara. Here's the history. In the generation of Enosh, this is how Avodasara started, people made a what they thought was a very small mistake. They started thinking that Hashem gave power to the sun, the moon, and the stars, and they started worshipping them. And this is actually Avodah Zarah. 
the whole situation unraveled and became way worse from there. But the idea is that there are no partners with Hashem. Even thinking that the sun, moon, and stars had any power, thinking that Hashem has any pa- partners is the definition of Avodazar. Hashem has no partners. This is straight in the Yod Gimel Ikrim that the Rambam talks about. So what's the difference with parents? All the stars, obviously, have no power. They're like an axe in the hands of a woodchopper that we say on the Yamim Noraim. So basically, giving them credit would be the equivalent of hiring a cleaning lady and then thanking the mop for washing your floors. This is not the same story with parents. Parents are actually doing another level of something and are actually partnering with Hashem, unlike any other action in this world. Obviously, Hashem is creating us humans and giving us that power. There are still lots of people who desperately want to have children. They're in great health. They try lots of things. And still, Hashem doesn't put it in their power to have. He doesn't give that in the cards for them. The aspect is 100% there. But what parents can choose, what the partnership they do have is, is they can choose not to have children. Firstly, they could choose not to be intimate at all. And then there also are so many birth control options around. But what parents did is in every situation, they chose to join with Hashem in this creation. They made a choice on this. How do we get this power of choice? Hashem is inside all of us. Hashem's light that is Ein Sof, our Ein Sof, has no limits. Hashem gave that to parents specifically so they were able to tap into it and join with him in creating a child this is intimacy that's the power of intimacy it's not just a physical act so actually the new thing of the mitzvah of kibbutz of aim is that the idea of fulfilling it is actually honoring hashem it is tapping in to the unlimited light Because what we're honoring inside parents is the unlimited light of Hashem. And they have that on the highest level. There's nothing bigger you could do. Not the parents as separate beings from Hashem. The parents as the lights of Hashem that they are. Obviously, the mitzvah does have the logical part of being thankful for what parents give. But what's so cool is that we're tapping into this infinite light and honoring Hashem by doing this mitzvah. That is the definition. That is what we do. So here's what I took from this explanation as my teenage self. This actually made me interested in stuff more because I really wanted to live my life and have it full of purpose, have it full of meaning. I feel like lots of us want to live our life and have meaning. So the question is, how do we tap into something higher and not just go through the motions? Why I came into the world is a great question that I always keep exploring. But while I'm here, I want it to be good. I want to actually feel fulfilled. I want to actually notice that fulfillment. How can I make my life more meaningful? I could honor my parents. That 
is the massive thing I could do. Because my relationship with my parents is my partnership to God in a way. The way I respect, the way I honor my parents, that is honoring and respecting God. My parents tapped into the unlimited light and they chose to have me. They allowed Hashem's light to shine. They made the space for it and they joined up with him and they created me here. So really, I could gain a lot personally from honoring my parents. This was really a personal defining moment in my life. And it's what got me specifically interested in continuing the lifestyle that my parents taught me. In continuing to be this unlimited light, connected to this unlimited light. I felt validated in the idea that it wasn't my parents' ego that I was trying to boost by honoring them. And that maybe, just maybe, there was still something I didn't know. There was a little bit of a hint and a whisper of that. I really tried to explain my perspective to this teacher for the assignment, but it didn't sound good. My point wasn't coming across, really. And now I know why. It's because I wasn't a mother yet. I was just in seminary. Obviously, I learned lots more and grew up a bit since that day. But every year when we read that Sarasadibros, I think about it. I was just looking at my baby, which is holding her. She's so precious and there is something unlimited that you could just see in her. It's in that little smile that brightens up the entire day. When you are just so stressed, when you are just not feeling it, and the baby just looks up at you and smiles. It's in those wide, inquisitive eyes. She's so real, and she is straight from an unlimited source. That is your baby. I think about this a lot. I didn't want kids then. I didn't want to cause any pain to others in being part of bringing them into this world. It felt so selfish. Here's the thing. It's really not selfish. Because this is not my child. She's my responsibility, sure. I get to choose, make choices of how I raise her. And I always love to talk about this. But in essence... She is Hashem's child. It is my privilege to be a partner with Hashem. It's my privilege to give birth to her. And it's my privilege to raise her. It's messy and it's dirty and it's beautiful. Because having kids is hard. One thing that I find very, very important to say is that we can literally see this from this mitzvah, that children are a bracha. From the mitzvah of Kibbutz we see it. Sometimes, obviously, we have pressing needs and emergency situations where we can't have them. And it's super important to have guidance from a wiser woman, a wiser woman that we know, or our Rav. But I'm talking about in a regular, typical situation, children are not a risk. I wish that we could notice that in how we think. Birth control could be necessary and a very good tool to have it sometimes, 
But the way we talk about even birth control matters. Because we're talking about partnering with the infinite light of Hashem. When you choose to have a child, you are literally doing the greatest thing you could ever do. There is no bigger achievement that a person could have than actually partnering with the infinity and bringing down Hashem's children into the world. This goes for also if you're having fertility issues as well. You're doing your part. You're making a Kaylee. You're making a vessel. And you are being your partnership with Hashem. And you're davening and hoping that Hashem will do the rest. The partnership is the intimacy. And we have the free will about that. But what's extra cool for us as women is that we get to feel the results of the partnership so much more. It's so cool. We get to feel that infinity. It's not a three-way partnership the whole entire time because for most of it, we have that direct connection to Hashem where we could physically feel it in pregnancy and birth. And no one could really understand what you're going through personally. Nobody else understands and has that experience. But literally, you're locked away with Hashem. And the infinite light is shining. Say whatever you want about this. Because, yeah, it's really a challenge. It's very physically, emotionally, mentally, and many other ways. In every single possible way. Taxing. But no one could replace you. This is holy every time you go through it. Honestly, really think about it and sit with that knowledge. Contemplate it. Because there is no one who could do what you could do for Hashem in this area. And if you have multiple children, it's an awesome thing every time. It's powerful. You could literally feel it. You are incredible and you are connecting to infinity. There's nothing more selfless and empowering than that. So now it's about how do we keep that realization? I'm replaceable everywhere else, but I'm not replaceable for my family. And I'm not replaceable for bringing in Hashem's children and raising them. I am all about bringing that energy and noticing it in the birth space because it makes birth so much better and I want you to have it. I want you to have an incredible birth and an easier transition into motherhood. We're bringing down Hashem's children. So we should have every tool in our availability being accessible to us. So in the show notes, I'm including my email and a Calendly link. Because you can get into this mindset of head of birth. And if you're ready to invest in it, I would love to show you how. It's a lot of work. It's a lot of practice. But there's a direction that we could take this. I would love to hear what you think. Message me on Instagram at Torah Birthing or send me an email, torahbirthing at gmail.com.